But, you know, let's keep an eye on gold. Let's keep an eye on the U.S. dollar this week and some of those headlines tied to geopolitics. Let's bring in our first guest. Everett Millman joins us, metal specialist at Gainesville Coins. Everett, good to have you with us this Monday. First question, were you as surprised as the rest of us in terms of the U.S. jobs report on Friday? Oh, certainly, Ben. Um, I don't think anyone expected the number to be quite that good. And, of course, there are always revisions that uh, come afterwards. We'll have to watch and see that. But that is certainly, I think, culprit is the right word for uh, why we saw that dramatic move downward in gold. Um, the jobs report was such a blowout number that the dollar, as a result, spiked. Um, and gold was very sensitive to that. And it makes sense because this recent rally that we had seen in gold had a lot to do with the dollar being softer and for expectations of positive seasonality, uh, considering we just had the Chinese Lunar New Year. Hmm. So now that those have begun to abate, um, gold was a bit susceptible to falling below support there um, in the 1900 range. But something that you and I have discussed for at least the past two years, Ben, um, is that central banks have been major buyers of gold. That trend has not only continued, uh, but it has accelerated. And we're seeing kind of coming out of the woodworks, a lot of big institutions internationally are starting to ring the bell about gold being an important reserve asset again. Uh, the IMF published a working paper last week to that effect. Um, and the governor of the Dutch Central Bank, Klaus Knoop, um, recently in an interview said that the gold reserves of European countries could be used as a solvency backstop. So that's the type of rhetoric we generally don't hear uh, about gold from public officials. And the fact that we're beginning to see it, I think, is just another indication that this is one of the strongest uh, fundamental setups for gold that we've seen in at least a generation. So, of course, with uh, a lot of busy economic data coming out with the Fed meeting, um, we were going to expect some volatility around gold. But still, the, the longer overall trend, as you pointed out, with it holding above the 50-day moving average, gold still does seem to be poised to, uh, to have a pretty good 2023, all things considered. Absolutely. Longer-term trend has been to the upside. Here's a chart to your point. Uh, a nice run-up, right, over the uh, last few weeks into that 1975 level over a short period of time. You can see, again, the disruption that we saw in reaction to some of the numbers we saw last week. But here again, since the middle of January, basically, we're talking from 1875 up to 1975. So just kind of right back down to that level. You know, before we brought you in, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the geopolitics. Kevin Hinks said, you know, if it's not impacting markets, Markets, it's not really impacting him, right? And I guess one could argue it's not really impacting gold at this point. Yeah, uh, at least not yet. You know, gold is it's sort of a, always a safe haven, a safe harbor. So what you would like to see, although sometimes you get a big reaction, as we saw last week, uh, what you would generally like to see to get a gauge of what's going on with markets when you look at gold is to see some steadiness. Mm -hmm. So really across the precious metal space, um, I have been looking at the fact that many of the metals were getting to the, the higher ends of their Bollinger Bands and were probably due for a pullback. Um, and the same will be true if we continue to kind of scrape the bottom of, of gold and silver's uh, recent trends, is that we'll most likely bounce back higher um, after spending some time kind of grinding in this, in, in this new level that we've been at. You know, one could argue in terms of U.S.-China relations and this growing trend where we're seeing kind of moving away from globalization, that that is supportive of 
gold prices, as we've seen, again, they've held up pretty well amidst uh, uh, what we've seen in terms of strong U.S. dollar and such uh, over the last year. Let's talk about um, how some could argue that gold maybe shouldn't be the focal point here, though, in terms of China as of recent. You've got the reopening trade, which seems to be possibly kind of neutralized by some of these geopolitical tensions, but a reflection of that in terms of copper, right, hanging out around $4. Yeah, again, um, when we're looking at the broader economy, not just, as you said, with all these geopolitical tensions, when we're looking at what to expect for the global economy, Dr. Copper seems to be diagnosing that things are relatively healthy. Um, at least there is some positive expectations, as you said, with China reopening, that we're not going to get a hard landing, that there's enough tailwinds uh, for the really the general uh general economic foundations such as housing, uh, such as, you know, new EV construction and new infrastructure having to do with, uh, uh, with electrification. All of that does seem to be pointing in Copper's favor, but I think we're at a pretty vulnerable uh, moment here that, that we just haven't seen that reaction come through yet, sort of similar to gold. Hmm. Um, Copper really did rally quite a bit further than I think most analysts expected. Um, we're still holding above four dollars, but we were as high as been um, what four thirty, four thirty-five, I think it was. Five. Yeah, yeah, uh, that to me was a bit unexpected, given all of the the kind of uh, bearish narrative that was going on towards the end of last year when we saw uh, the subsequent rally in the precious metals. So when we look at the industrial metals like copper, they do seem to be holding up, uh, but it's going to very much depend on. How do, how do the geopolitical winds shift? Um, does, do we get sort of a dragging out of the conflict in Ukraine? Hmm. Do we get a cooling of tensions between the US and China? All of those are very much up in the air and I think copper is gonna be sensitive, sensitive to that. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the impact? Uh, you know, you kind of pointed to some of the concerns in terms of recession, a soft landing, but obviously higher rates, right? Slowing down housing market uh, and some of that demand in general in terms of bigger picture. I, I like what you're talking about in terms of some of these pullbacks on the shorter term, just kind of retracing some of the big moves up we've seen. But in terms of looking forward into the new year over the longer term, you see underlying support for these products, even amidst a higher rate environment of the Fed is forced to keep them higher for longer. Right, I do, Ben, especially because there's a disconnect right now between what the Fed is forecasting and what you know Powell and, and company are saying with their rhetoric that they are prepared to go higher for longer. They have yet to take their foot completely off the pedal of, of hiking rates. And yet at the same time, Wall Street seems to expect yeah, quite against. the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> we expect rates to get cut at some point, either at the end, second half of this year or in 2024. So that divergence of narratives at some point will have to be resolved. Somebody is going to be wrong there. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's probably uh, against our better judgment to bet against the Fed, but it is possible that they're wrong. So how that plays out, whether we do um, kind of get a soft landing where rates are able to stay this high or as Wall Street expects, uh, the Fed has to backtrack and then we're sort of playing defense against a recession or rising unemployment. That's a lot of uncertainty, um, and it's obviously very important. Right now, I think that Wall Street is probably wrong, uh, but that remains to be seen if the underlying economic data deteriorates and the Fed is forced to 
to change directions. With all that uncertainty, brings about speculation and ultimately opportunity. And Everett, we appreciate you joining us to help us break it down this morning. Everett Millman, metal specialist at Gainesville Coins.